Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast. Today we are going to talk about UG emails. Now, what is an UG email? I'm sure that's the question you're asking right now. Well, an UG email is just one little email that manages to throw your whole day off. Maybe it's an email where your boss is requesting for you to do something that you weren't expecting to. Maybe it's an email from a customer who doesn't sound very happy with the service you're providing. Or maybe it's an email from an employee who is voicing a concern that in turn has you really worried. But here's the thing. Those UG emails, those emails that just make our stomach sink, are really just neutral circumstances. Think about it. It's just black type on a white screen, just calmly sitting there on your computer monitor. But we read those emails and it has an emotional impact. Sometimes it almost feels like a physical impact. It feels like your life changes the second you read that email. Your mood can go from great just down into a tailspin very quickly. Now, it's funny, right? Because after you read the email, you're in exactly the same physical surroundings you were before you read it. You have exactly the same physical health, the same family, the same money in your bank account. You're really doing just what you were doing right before you read it. But somehow, those emails have the power to alter our mood, sometimes for the rest of the day, whether it's feeling Uh, bad about ourselves and beating ourselves up, feeling worried that we won't have time to do what the email is requesting, or maybe feeling angry at what someone wrote to you. Whatever the emotion that's brought up, the emails have that powerful effect. And a lot of the stress we feel through the workday is often tied to that, just simple communications. But here's the thing, and this is what I want to talk about during this episode. It really isn't the email itself that does that. Emails do not have that power over us. It feels like they do because it feels so instantaneous from reading it to us feeling in a bad mood. But there's no syringe that comes out of your computer monitor and injects you with some mood-altering chemical, right? And it really isn't the situation existing either. Uh, The email might have been sitting there in your inbox for two hours before you read it. That assignment maybe that's in the email that's stressing you out was there all along. The same situation was already in place, but you felt just fine until you read those words. And really, the only reason that your mood changes when you read the email is because you have thoughts about it because of what you make that email mean. So what do we make the words in an email mean? This is really good to understand. And it's so interesting to me that often we don't look at the words in the email objectively. And it's so funny because I outlined this episode a couple of weeks ago, and since then, I've had two different coaching sessions with clients where they were talking about um, emails they had gotten that had been upsetting to them. And in each case, when we went back, they fortunately, they both had the emails handy while we were coaching. And when we went back 
and read the actual words of the email, they were totally different than how my clients had reacted to it. And I've done the same thing too. I've gotten an email and thought that, for example, a client is really upset with us. And then I go back and read it again and I realize they're not saying anything in the email that says, we're upset with you. They're not saying anything close to those words. Usually they're asking a question or they're trying to understand something. But I interpret it as the client is unhappy. That's where my mind goes. And so the first step with kind of dealing with stressful emails like this and getting a control on their impact on your mood is really to just go back and read the email word for word and compare that to your interpretation. You know, the um, a couple of examples here besides the upset client. Another one would be, you know, you think that someone is saying that you're doing something wrong, but then you go back and read the email and they've actually called out and said they appreciate what you do, but something else in the email made you feel like you were doing something wrong. Or you think someone's asking you to do something, but you go back and read the words in the email and they haven't actually asked you to do. You just assumed that they wanted you to do something and then went along and did it, even if that wasn't part of your plan for the day. And again, that interpretation comes in very quickly, just instantaneously as we're reading that email and is separate from the actual words. So the first step is always to get the facts of the situation. Even if you think you know what the email says, go back and do the exercise of just reading the words and asking, what am I making this mean? Does it really say that? Most of the time, it doesn't say something that matches your interpretation. Usually the email itself is much more neutral. And let's say you go back and it is a client saying, we're really upset with you. You're doing a horrible job. And they're using those exact words. So even if there's something quote unquote negative in the words of the email, remember Those words are not about you. They are based on the other person's thoughts about you. And they really don't mean anything about you or your work. Now, that doesn't mean that you might not want to pay attention to them and read them and reflect on them and take action based on them. But make sure you understand whatever those words are, that you understand those were based on the other person's thinking, their own thoughts. And also that whatever it says and whatever you decide to believe about it, that doesn't impact your worth as a human being. We all too easily go to the place, and again, I very much include myself in this, we go to the place of reading something in an email that's maybe giving us some constructive feedback or some areas for improvement, and suddenly we make that mean something about our self-worth, when really It's just about our behavior and our actions. It's not about the inherent worth that we have. So again, the only reason that your mood changes when you read the email is because you have thoughts about what that email means. And often that doesn't line up with the actual words in the email. So how does this 
play out in the bigger picture of your workday and your management of your inbox and all of that good stuff. Obviously, it has a big impact just on how you show up at work. When you read an email and that puts your, that kind of tanks your mood, that really impacts how you show up with your team, how focused you're able to be on the other work you're doing, and the quality of work that you do during the day. It also often has the effect of making us avoid cleaning out our inbox, which really just perpetuates and makes the problem even worse. It gives us even more email, right, to stress out about when we avoid our inbox like that. But I've even heard clients describe, you know, I, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared to even look at the emails because I'm afraid a bomb might go off in my face. Uh, you know, this really extreme language, or I feel like I'm going to get ambushed by the next message that I read. And that's really why a lot of us have so many emails piled up, because we do attribute this power to those emails to make us feel one way or the other. We think we could read an email and it could make us feel terrible. But that's why it's such good news that it isn't the email that makes us feel bad. It's just our thoughts about the email. And we can choose whatever thoughts we want to. So I want to do a couple of quick examples and talk about how this plays out. And a lot of times we project judgment in the email. We read the email and we think the person sending it to us is judging us. And that's what makes us feel bad, judging us harshly, right? But often that's actually our own judgment and self-criticism that we project on to someone else. And reacting to this and not really recognizing it for what it is usually doesn't end well. So if we go through an example, let's say you get an email from your boss. You've sent your boss a proposal for something and you get an email back from the boss and the boss says, I can't approve this proposal as it is. And so again, that's just words on your monitor, right? We don't know if the boss didn't like the font you used. We don't know if the boss is having a bad day. We don't know if the boss thought there were major changes or minor changes. All they're saying is, I can't approve this proposal as is. And again, the proposal is not you either, right? The proposal is this other kind of neutral objective thing that's outside of you, isn't tied to your self-worth. But a lot of times we'll get emails like that. And especially for those of us who are people pleasers or high achievers, we'll get an email like that and think, I'm failing at my job. My boss thinks I'm an idiot. Now, again, your boss didn't say that. Your boss was only talking about the proposal. And if your boss does think you're an idiot, that's because of your boss's thoughts, not yours. But the only reason you think that I'm failing at my job, my boss thinks I'm an idiot, usually the reason you go there about your boss's judgment of you is because there's a little part of yourself that thinks you're an idiot. You have that judgment of yourself. And because of that judgment of yourself, you're constantly looking for evidence of that and using the email as one example to provide it, even though the 
email objectively says nothing of the sort. And this doesn't mean that you're going around all day thinking, I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot. You know, it could be that you feel like you have a really healthy sense of self-esteem and self-confidence and you generally feel like you're good at your job. But again, we have lots of different thoughts about ourselves. We have tens of thousands of thoughts every day. And if you had really no piece of yourself that worried that you were an idiot or you were stupid or you were failing, and by the way, it's pretty much part of human nature that we have these concerns in life. So there's nothing abnormal about you if you do. But if you didn't have just at least this little part of you that was worried, maybe I am an idiot, you wouldn't have ever read that into the email in the first place. You wouldn't have interpreted it that way because you wouldn't have even seen it as a possible interpretation for someone to think that about you. So that's something to think about. A lot of times when we read an email and we think this person thinks I'm a, you know, insert negative thing, um, that's really a projection of our own judgment of ourself. And that's an opportunity then to take a look at your opinion of yourself rather than concentrating on other people's opinions of yourself, which ultimately we have no control over anyways. So that's one example. Another example is we get an email and we get upset about it because we think it's giving us assignment to us. It's telling us we have to do something that we don't have time to do. And then we get overwhelmed and again, we react to it. So for example, you get an email saying, I need this report by Friday. And again, that email itself is neutral. The email just says words, I need this report by Friday. It doesn't mean you have to do that. It doesn't mean you don't have to do that. It doesn't mean anything. It's just someone has said those words through email. But your thought about that might be something like, I have no time for this. And that makes you feel overwhelmed. And when we feel overwhelmed, what do we do? We don't take effective action. We spin, we become scattered, we don't plan well, we can't focus. And the result of those actions from our overwhelm is that we don't have time for it. We don't have time for that and we don't have time for the work we're already doing because we're not able to work effectively from that state of overwhelm. So you have to realize though that those results didn't come from that email. We think they came from the email. We think they came from this new assignment that we've suddenly gotten. But the only reason we felt overwhelmed was because we had a thought about it. I have no time for this. And that created a feeling of overwhelm. And in turn, that created actions that really make us even less effective. Spinning, being scattered, not planning. And your result is that you, you don't have as much time as you could. So you have to realize, even though it feels very real in the moment, thinking, I have no time for this, is just a thought. It's just your opinion. It's just your belief. And it's optional. You always have time for everything that you are going to do, right? Maybe what the assignment was isn't something you will do. Maybe you'll write back and say that. Um, or maybe this is something 
maybe there's something else that you won't do and you'll do this new assignment instead. So what if you change your thought to a new thought? What if instead of thinking, I have no time for this, you change that to, I know everything gets done that needs to. I wonder what that looks like in this situation, right? Just getting kind of curious about what that looks like. And that frees you up into a creative space of thinking about, wow, let's see, I could delegate this to someone else, I could shift some of my other priorities, or I could simply reply back to this person and said, this isn't going to work for me by Friday. You know, do we have uh, flexibility with the timing or is there someone else who can do this? But when we get stuck in that thought of I have no time for this and overwhelm, we're usually unable to take that action as long as we're sitting in that overwhelm. So just being able to notice that pattern happening with you is all that you need to do to start to to change it. Once you notice it, you can intercept it and start to get curious and move in a different direction. So that's another example of getting upset by an email where really the consequences and the the negative impact that we suffer from it is really just because of what we thought, what we chose to think about the email. So we also sometimes get confused, right? We get an email and we're like, I just don't even know what to do with this. I don't even know where to begin. I, I don't know what to do with this. And then again, we start kind of going into that spin of confusion, which is really not an effective place to operate from. So a new thought you can try on with those emails, the emails that are just confusing you or confounding you, is starting to get curious about what's like the smallest step you could take. Like, I wonder what the smallest step I could take is to move this forward or a thought like, I only need to know the next step, not all of it. And so maybe the next step is just hitting the reply button. Maybe it's asking a question, etc. You know, there's these little things that can just help move us into action, again, by starting to get curious with things when we notice ourselves start to shut down, redirecting that. So the stress that we feel from these emails and the ensuing mood swings that we have are really not due to the emails, as I've said before. They're due to what I like to call thought errors. And a thought error is just a thought we think that comes up automatically. Again, it's just kind of part of our human nature to have thoughts like this. But it's a thought error because it really doesn't serve us. It doesn't create effective action. It doesn't move us forward through the situation and it and it doesn't feel good. And all of these example thoughts that we just talked through, I'm failing at my job. I have no time for this. I don't know what to do. All of those are thought errors because they're not true objectively. They're ve- all very subjective thoughts that we have They don't feel good. They make us feel bad and they don't move us forward. They kind of stop us in our tracks and stop us from taking effective action. So why choose those thoughts? Again, it's normal to have them. It's just a habit that they come up. That's just part of our human nature. But once we start to notice them, we can realize 
we have other options. You can choose different thoughts. And so that's the solution to notice what's happening and intercept your model. So intercepting your model is just noticing the thought you're having that isn't serving you and taking a step back. And it's key here, you're noticing your thought and how that's different from the facts and the circumstance. The circumstance is really just the email that came to you and that's always neutral. But you're gonna notice, okay, that's a fact, that happened, that is, and then here's what I'm thinking about, here's what I'm making it mean. And then you can take a step back from there, just kind of get curious about the situation and say, hmm, I wonder what else I could think about this circumstance. I wonder how else I could interpret this email and what other options I have in terms of how I think about this. And one thing that I like to do that helps me really stay in this habit that I've talked about on earlier episodes, I think uh, maybe episode four or episode five, I can't remember exactly, but I talk about something I use called a process folder and at work where usually the emails that are trickier emails that I really need to think about some more and I don't just want to react to by getting overwhelmed or angry, I just stick those in a temporary folder and let them kind of sit for a little bit and then I come back to them and I can look at them more objectively. So of course, all of this is just about how you're thinking, but that's a little trick I do. That's a little tip that I do to kind of get um, myself to have a little cool down period and get to a more objective space where I can take a look and see what's really going on. So what does all of this mean at the end of the day? I think a lot of the reason we feel so busy and so stressed at work is because we spend a lot of time ruminating or in distraction about these emails that are sent to us. And we make them mean all these things that make us feel very busy and make us feel very stressed out. When really, those are all optional thoughts to have. We could just be getting our other work done. The email has no physical hold on us and we're really not contributing to a solution when we ruminate or stress or freak out about things easier said than done, right? And again, I, I realize I, and like I said, I had my own example earlier. I have emails all the time that I get that kind of, again, give me that sinking feeling in my stomach. But the great thing about this work is that now I'm able to almost watch myself while I'm having that reaction and I realize what's going on and I'm kind of like, okay, brain, I know where you're going and I'm on to you and here's what we're going to do about this situation and that gives me so much more power to handle those UG emails. So I hope you try this out. Uh, Let me know how it goes. You can try it out. I'm sure you have plenty of emails in your inbox right now to practice on after you're done listening to the podcast. And I just hope all of you guys are doing really well. I am having so much fun bringing these podcasts to you each Tuesday make sure to subscribe. I realize that a lot of people aren't used to listening to podcasts and maybe you haven't uh, realized it yet, but you have a podcast app on your phone where you can look up this podcast, you can hit subscribe, and it will come right to your phone every Tuesday. You'll never miss an episode and it works really well to do that. So 
With that, I hope everyone has an awesome week. Hope your January is going well, and we will talk again soon.